Good morning, listeners, and welcome to a Journey Home podcast. I know it's been a long time or a couple months since I've recorded anything, and that gap is sort of going to be the focus of today's podcast. Um, today's podcast is going to be titled Self Doubt. So I'm sure you guys can kind of figure out why it's called that. Um, I was having a lot of, well, we'll we'll get into it, but you know, a lot of self-doubt about it and and sort of focusing on the wrong things. Um, And so part of that was in early sobriety, there's something that people in early sobriety get called the pink cloud. And it's when they have like this elation sort of this release and everything's great and they have all this energy and I mean it means something different for everyone but for me it was like I had all this energy I felt so great and I was doing all these things way too many things and not finding focus um and then the pink cloud went away and it goes so as it does for everyone and all of my issues you know the reason why I struggle with sobriety all those reasons came up so the the depression and anxiety and the social anxiety and all of that. So, you know, I was feeling really guilty about not recording because I do love it. Um, but I felt like I sort of was focusing on the wrong thing. So one of the main things was like social media. So that validation that you get from social media and, you know, watching my how many people listened too closely and what, you know, what I know in my heart is that I'm not doing it for social media validation or for people to like me. It doesn't even matter if I like the sound of my voice on my podcast, which I was hate, I started to hate. It's for other people. If someone can listen to it and it can help them and I can share my journey and they can feel connected to me and feel like they're not alone. That's the purpose of this podcast. And I sort of lost that and I got wrapped up in the social media. And so once I post this podcast, I will, I already have deleted the apps. I will promote them a little bit on social media so that people that I know that might need help can listen, but then I'm done with it because the self-doubt that came from doing this podcast, it was a lot related to social media. I'm seeing all these, I follow all these huge podcasters and they've got such a big following and I'm thinking, keep thinking to myself, I'm never going to get there, I'm never going to get there. And it doesn't matter if I ever get there or not. That's the thing. It just wanna, I just want to do it as a creative outlet for myself and to help people. And the other thing that I was, all, that I was struggling with was the social anxiety. In sobriety, you sort of have to relearn how to hang out with people sober. Um, And I didn't realize how much social anxiety I have. And all the guests that I've had on the podcast so far have been amazing. But for me, it it was the moments leading up to having to be with someone and welcome them into my home and I just felt like I was awkward and I again that self-doubt came up that social anxiety and I just want to read to you guys a definition of what it is to have depression or what it feels like to have depression and anxiety so you can understand or maybe you can relate to what it what it is because this is how I was starting to feel every day and still do feel like every day and which is why it was so hard for me to to commit to myself and do this for myself and have the confidence and the energy so I don't know who wrote this quote I just found it 
um, on a website, but I, as soon as I read it, it was like, okay, this is me and I don't have to be, I don't have to hate myself for feeling this way. This is what it's like to deal with depression and anxiety on a daily basis. Here it is. Having depression and anxiety is like being scared and tired at the same time. It's the fear of failure, but no urge to be productive. It's wanting friends, but hating socializing. It's wanting to be alone, but afraid of being lonely. It's feeling everything at once and then feeling numb. And that's exactly how I was feeling after the pink cloud went away. I just isolated and I just couldn't couldn't do much. I just was surviving again and because yeah, I was sober, but that almost brought more things to the surface and now I'm really having to deal with this depression and anxiety head on because I'm not numbing it like I was before. So, in short, you know, that's what I've been going through and you know, also I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to sort of book something every week and and keep up with something and and unfortunately I wasn't listening to my body and myself and now I'm not going to feel guilty if I don't put out a podcast every week or every, even every month it's it's when it's good for me and when I feel like I have something true to share I don't want to start making up content you know because I feel like I need to post something every week it's not going to be genuine and you guys will feel that um, and then also just, I was trying to find focus. Like we talked about the pink cloud, you're sort of all over the place. And so I decided I, you know, I just spoke to my therapist and she's like, everything that you're wanting to do sounds great, but you should focus on one thing at a time and then everything else will sort of fall into place. So I decided that I want to go back to school. I want to do my master's in counseling and spirituality. And so I applied for, I have a degree, but I applied for the undergrad program. And to my surprise, I didn't get in and I was shocked. And then I was like, okay, I really suck. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. And the depression and anxiety, you know, grew more inside of me. And then I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go to the university and, you know, my mother-in-law also encouraged me to do this and, and, you know, just see what, what's going on here. And it turns out I didn't even need to go into the program. She was like, yeah, you just need to do a couple or five more courses to be exact. And then you can apply for your master's straight away. You don't need to do this whole program again. So that sort of gave me a little bit of wind in my sails and I was focusing on that. But I do miss this. That this this is a fun creative outlet for me, and it's a way to to spread what I'm to spread to others what I'm going through that could maybe help them. And that's exactly why I'm wanting to do my masters in this because that's what I feel like my purpose is is to help people. And that's what I said on my first podcast that I ever did was that I just want if one person can hear this and it can help them. So that's what I'm making my life's mission and I'm not going to put this pressure on myself because I am still dealing with depression and anxiety and I always will be. Um, so back in the day I put out a thing on Instagram asking people to send me some questions that they'd like me to answer. So I got quite a few questions and I'm just going to go through them with you. And the other thing is that, you know, I also felt like I sort of pigeonholed myself with this podcast. I was just only focusing on really, you know, narrow topics. And 
the the reality is is that I'm not just this one person and I don't want the my podcast to just be focused on this one aspect of me. I'm I'm a multifaceted, not to toot my own heart, I'm a multifaceted person. I have a lot of likes, I have a lot of interests, and it doesn't need to just be about self-help and people's journeys. Like, guess what? I love reality TV. I want to recap reality TV shows. I have a lot of friends that are into it as well. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about food and restaurants. That's something I love as well. I just want to I want to be a little bit more broad. So I'm trying to also find my focus in this podcast. So I feel like these questions that people have asked me are so diverse that it'll sort of be a good gateway into, you know, sort of altering the direction this podcast is going in. So, someone asked me, "How do you deal with relationships with family?" That was my first question. Um, this is a tough one because I feel like my, my relationships with family have changed a lot since I've been more clear and have been healthier. Um, and doesn't mean that my relationships have necessarily just changed for the better. They've become more honest, but in that there comes problems because there are certain boundaries that I'm, I'm having to set that I didn't set before that made me unhealthy mentally. So I'm really struggling right now with sort of understanding how to set healthy boundaries without isolating myself from my family. I don't hate my family. They're not bad people. I love them. But just having, just being able to set boundaries and also, you know, people say this with friendships, but I believe it's it's the same with family members. It's the same with every relationship is that I've had to realize that I'm not going to give this, I'm not going to give energy to people that don't give the same energy back to me. And that goes for family members as well. And I'm not going to name names, but I've had, you know, and I'm not, I'm not talking about family members on my boyfriend's side. I'm talking about my own family members. Um, I, you know, with, with certain people I've had to say, you know, they're not giving me any energy back. They expect me to go and do things for them and be with them, but um, they're not like I'm not getting that same energy back. So I've had to really—it's been very hard, you know, um, being a daddy's girl and whatever, and and then having to to realize that this isn't this isn't my dad. It is my dad, but this is just another person that I have a difficult relationship with that I need to realize that I can't just keep giving to it or else it's going to be very unhealthy for me. So that's been difficult. Um, But all in all, I mean, I was so lucky. My family was so... (laughs) Sorry, guys. Actually, funny enough, um, as we're talking about difficult relationships with family, one of my family members called me and just um, cut off my podcast. So (laughs) there it is. It's still a struggle. It's, you know, showing humility here. (laughs) Um, and so someone then asked me, how has your job changed since you became sober? Um, well, actually I had to change not just my job, but my whole life, the way my whole life looked, I basically had to do it in 180 on it and turn it upside down. So, um, I got a new job. I could not work at night. I could not work in toxic environments. I could not work in environments where people wanted things from me that I couldn't give them. And I don't mean like 
doing a good job or a bad job. I mean, like, friendships, outside relationships, drinking buddies, all that. The, the restaurant industry is difficult to maneuver in as it is. Try being sober in it. It's very hard. So I had to find the right fit for me somewhere where I go in in the morning, I do my thing, I make good money, and I leave. And luck, and it's so funny, like, the universe so, really answered my prayers with it because there's not many daytime places as a restaurant worker that you can work where you make money and I just happened to find the one place so I'm very very fortunate um the universe really really answered my prayers with that um the next question is what are your obstacles that you deal with with food weight gain and body image well this one's very difficult for me because I feel as though um, my addiction sort of transferred into food. The numbing, I, I was able to, I wasn't numbing myself with alcohol and drugs, so I started numbing myself with food. And I'm like, it's so, so, so hard because food is an accepted cultural thing. It's not frowned upon. So it, I was just really transferring that addiction onto food. And... Um, I've always struggled with body image issues. I had an eating disorder when I was young. I believe it's still in me because it's a mental thing and it never really got dealt with. It just got sort of berated out of me and shoved under the rug. Um, and so I, I really do struggle every day with, with body image issues, with food issues. It's huge and it's actually become, sorry, I'm going to get emotional, but it's become a really big issue for me. Um, so... I'm trying really hard uh, to work through it and I'm trying to understand that I'm never going to be a size two and that's okay, but I'm just working towards being healthy and being mindful of why I'm eating and when I'm eating. Uh, am I eating because I'm hungry or am I eating because I'm sad? <laughs> and just, you know, it's not, I'm not perfect to tell you that much. Um, definitely love a good mcdonald's cheeseburger <laughs> um and that's okay every once in a while but it's not okay to when you're having a bad day you go get a mcdonald's cheeseburger even though you're not hungry that's that's the those are the issues that i'm dealing with with that and i'm just trying to be gentle with myself good question <laughs> all right relationships with friends how do you deal with your relationships with your friends now that you're sober well um, like I said earlier, I'm isolating myself. I isolate myself a lot from my friends and it's very difficult. Um, you know, my two best friends, uh, unfortunately live in Toronto, um, which can be good and bad, you know, because if they lived here, it would be harder for me to not go out and drink and stuff with them all the time. So that's good and I, I didn't know what to expect when I saw them and uh, in June I went to see them and man they were so awesome they did not they planned all these activities that we did together where I wasn't drinking and they were just so supportive and there for me and Sam one of my best best friends in the world you know was she tells me not what I want to hear, but what I need to hear. And she was really like, you know, you need to stick with this. You need to keep going to meetings. You need to do these things. And she was just so 
awesome and just so understanding and Cass is great as well and but yeah it's difficult for me to with day-to-day friendships because I can't hang out with the same people I used to hang out with it's just too dangerous for me so I'm sort of like remaking friends and and relearning and 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 being I'm very trusting with people and that's bit me in the butt a lot of times so I'm just being pretty weary of friends right now um but as well as trying not to isolate myself okay what are your favorite podcasts oh geez that's a tough one because I um, I'm obsessed with podcasts I love them that's why I wanted to start one um so it, it depends what kind of mood I'm in I mean if I, you know, am in an intellectual mood, I love Experts on Experts with Dax Shepard. He's amazing. He's also someone who's in recovery, who's been in recovery for 11 years, or I think it's 14 years, which is amazing. And he's so open about it and he talks about it a lot. And I feel like our journeys are really similar. And he had a lot of effect on me when even before I got sober because I felt like I could... I could relate to him and I could do it. If he could do it, I could do it. So I love him. I love when he interviews psychologists and neuroscientists. I think it's amazing. Um, I also love Jackie Schimmel. She's by, she does the bitch Bible. She's hilarious and she talks about everything and anything. She's very multifaceted and she's very self-deprecating, which I love. And, oh my goodness, The Sober Girl's Guide is amazing. That's helped me a lot. The Seltzer Squad, which is two other sober girls, that they're awesome. They just talk about, like, day-to-day things. They're not. They only have 300 days or so under their belt, so they're very relatable. Um, and now she recovers that the uh, organization that I know I've talked to you guys about a lot, which is an amazing organization, they have launched a podcast now where they have different clips of women speaking about shame and all sorts of hot topics. It's great. And yeah, those are just a few. Also, like I said earlier, I love reality TV. So I'm one thing that I'm such a geek. I'm such a big brother geek. I love big brother. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I'm supposed to have a big brother contestant actually on my podcast um, this summer. I'm super excited about it. So I, I listen to the Big Brother Updates podcast because they watch the live feeds and then they update you with the, the podcast. I know if you guys, you're probably thinking I'm crazy right now, but it's a guilty pleasure of mine. And you know what? It's not even a guilty pleasure because I don't feel guilty about it. I just love it. <laughs> All right. What are your passions and life goals? I think I sort of already answered this question, but... I just want to help people. I want to be happy and I want to help people and whatever, because my life, you know, my life never, life never turns out the way you think it's going to turn out. And my life doesn't look the way I thought it would look. And I think I actually think it's a good thing. I'm really thankful for the obstacles that have come in and out of my life because they've shaped the person that I am and they've made me woke, as the kids would say. Um, I've been able to really understand what life's about by facing adversity and by facing all of these difficult things that I've gone through. I wouldn't have it any other way. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you my five-year plan is this, this, and this. No, it's to grow, keep growing and, and being the best I can be and the healthiest mentally and to be happy.
what is your beauty routine? Oh, geez. Well, um, you know what? I think since I'm, you know, I'm going to be 30 next year, I really just want to start. I, well, I have started in the last year or so focusing very heavily on skincare. I think skincare is so important. Um, and I've tried quite a few different products, but basically I cleanse and or exfoliate my face in the morning. It's a special sponge. And then I spray it with rose oil. Then I do an eye cream. Then I do a serum. And then I do a moisturizer that has SPF in it. And I'm like trying to be super strict about it because, I mean, yeah, Botox is great, but if you can prevent it by just taking good care of your face with all natural products, I think it's a good thing. And, you know, I try and take care of my hair as best I can. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's different. I'm very uh, all over the place. I'm just, I'm a chameleon when it comes to, to beauty and stuff because I don't want, I don't have a certain look or, yes, I have certain things that I'm comfortable in, but I'm just, if I'm feeling a certain way, I'll do my makeup that way. You know, I'm very multifaceted, so it's kind of ever-changing, but the staple of it is skincare. Skincare is super important. Also, just eating healthy, drinking enough water, that's always important. Okay, I think that is about good for today, but I just wanted to really get across um, self-doubt, and that's the message today, because it, self-doubt crippled me for months to not do this podcast. It also crippled me from many, many things in my life that I didn't reach towards, because I doubted myself. So if I can just leave you with the message of fight back against self-doubt, recognize it, understand that it's just some, a story you're making up in your head most of the time. You should, even if it feels so scary, it's probably the thing you should do. Self-doubt can, it's, it's really, really difficult, especially if you deal with anxiety and depression like I do. Just try so hard to understand that these are just the stories you're telling yourself because it's these stories that you've been telling yourself since you were a young child. And and just fight back against self-doubt because we are, as, as women and, and men, we are capable of so much. And the major, major obstacle is self-doubt. So please take that message with you today. If I can do one thing for people, it's to just remember that self-doubt is just a story you're telling yourself. Thank you so much.